Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Uh, my guests on today's podcast are my friends Sarah Hurst Groves and Brent Ebmeyer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Richard. Um, Sarah is joining us from Montrose, Colorado, if that's correct. And Brent is joining us from Apple Valley, California. And Zoom yes. makes this podcast possible. And um, we're going to talk, they're going to share a little bit about their story, but we're also going to talk about North Star. And North Star's conference is coming up on June 9th through 11th. I'm a big supporter and big believer in North Star. I've attended the conference. I've participated in different breakout sessions, and they're doing great work in the LGBTQ LDS space. And so some of you that are may not be familiar with North Star or have had some feelings about North Star from the past, um, purpose this podcast is just to talk about North Star. Um, and no better two people to talk about it than two people that are deeply involved with North Star, Brent and Sarah. Um, North Star can be found at northstarlds.org. And that's where you can learn more about the conference. We'll put that web address in the show notes. Um, so with that, is that okay for an introduction, you two? Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I I, I don't know that that I, I can expound a little bit on what North Star is, but you did a great job. Well, glad to have you both on the podcast. And so I'll just turn it over to you. To I know you've kind of worked on what you'd like to share with our listeners and so honored to have you on. Well, again, Richard, we appreciate this opportunity to to talk to to you and also to all those who who listen. Um, North Star is is something that has provided a lot of hope and peace for a lot of people. It may not be for everybody, but we recognize that there is a place in in uh, essentially in the the saint community for an organization that provides a a safe haven for those who experience same gender attraction, uh, gender dysphoria, uh, identify as LGBTQ. Um, and it just provides that place, but North star definitely has a mission, right? It, what it entails is really trying to support those who want to live a covenant keeping lifestyle within the bounds of the revealed doctrine of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and, and gives them that space. I will tell you from when I, I knew from a pretty young age that I experienced same-sex attraction. I was uh, about 11 or 12 when I recognized those feelings, but kept them very quiet and hidden for most of my life. I got married when I was 27, and uh, in that process, just couldn't deal with those. I never talked about those feelings to anybody um, and knew I wasn't alone but I didn't have anybody to talk to um, about that. And so after a year after being married, I opened up to my wife about my feelings. And again, while I felt like I know I'm not the only one, there was nobody else to talk to. Being in Southern California, anybody who I knew that experienced same-sex attraction um, and opened up about it left the church and left their covenants behind and went out and lived the the, a gay lifestyle or homosexual lifestyle or, or transitioned, uh, you know, if they were transgender and kind of left the church behind. And that was really hard for me because I had a testimony of the gospel. I knew that, that Christ loved me, that, uh, 
for me, that the Book of Mormon is the word of God, that Joseph Smith was a prophet. I knew those things just as much as I knew that I had these feelings. And so I, I opened up to my wife. It was a very challenging time for us, uh, and, but we were able to make it through it. And we just kind of lived our own story for the longest time. I, I would say it was probably about uh, eight or nine years, and it was difficult. You know, members of our family knew um, different things, but but that was about it. And uh, every once in a while, we might share it with somebody. Um, if it w- if we felt like our story might help somebody else, we would share that. Um, and so, but we just kind of lived in silence. And it wasn't until, well, I can tell you exactly the moment when we found out about North Star. We, we had seen in LDS Living, right before that, we saw in LDS Living an article that Ty and Danielle Mansfield um, had put out there. And my wife came to me and she's like, Brent, did you see this? And just with complete excitement, because that was the first time that she had really considered that we were not alone in our journey. And uh, so that happened and it was, it, I saw some hope in her eyes. Because she, even though I had lived with that burden for 27 years before sharing it with anybody, when I opened up to her, it kind of placed that burden on her of now she was carrying something that she felt very, um, it was very heavy on her shoulders. Um, And she didn't share it with a lot of people. And so when she saw that, she just, I could see that she opened up. And so fast forward a couple more years after that article came out, we had... Uh, a first counselor in our in our ward uh, had a son who uh, we my wife just said you know what Brant I I think that their son deals with same sex attraction and and I said you think and anyway so we went to talk to our bishop and kind of said hey we have this feeling this is if we're barking up the wrong tree just let us know but we figured we would come to you first. And so we explained the situation. We feel like it, like maybe our story can't might be able to help them. And the bishop paused, stopped us, and he said, hold on a second. And he walked away, and we're just sitting there going, this is kind of weird. You know, just Courtney and I were left alone, and, and he brought back his first counselor. And then he said, okay, Ed Myers, please repeat what you just told me now with uh, with my first counselor in the room. And so we reported, repeated what we had said, and you could see just tears streaming down this brother's face um, because in actuality, his son did experience same-sex attraction and uh, his wife had just passed away. So the, the, the mom had just passed away and it was a very challenging time for the family. And we were able to offer a lot of support to that family, but it was through that young man uh, that we we met with him and we talked to him and he was at a different point in his life at that time and but he had told us about North Star. He's like, there's this great organization called North Star and, and we're like, what is North Star? We really had no idea. And so then that it, that was that catalyst that introduced us to North Star. But we started doing some research and I will tell you that I, I thought, oh man, that's so cool that it's up in Utah, but it's not for us people here in Southern California. You know, it doesn't quite have its reaches out here, but we did hear about the conference, the North Star Annual Conference on their website. And I remember going to my wife and saying, you know what, I think this might be a good place for us to go to. And she 
uh, had a lot of anxiety about it. She wasn't sure that that's where she wanted to go. But one of the commitments that I had made to her back when I opened up to her and we had decided that we were going to do this together. Like she, I was going to stay, she was going to stay. We were going to have a family. Uh, one of the commitments that I had made was I wasn't going to do anything now without her consent and doing it as a team. I think that was what was super important is we're together in this now. So if you don't want to do this, then I'm not going to do it. Um, but I think it would be good. And so uh, she was very hesitant for a couple months and then said, okay, I think, I think we can go. And we went and uh, I, it, it was a great experience from the moment that the congregation at the uh, conference sang the opening hymn, my wife felt the spirit. And she said, this is the place where we need to be. And even though we're far away from, uh, you know, these friends that we've, we've uh, built over the years of going to North Star, uh, we still feel a strong connection. And that's what North Star does is it brings people from all different areas, all different walks of life and allows them to kind of feel like there is a sense of community. And even though you may, um, and I say this, this is my own experience because I had a friend who's, who told me I was living a lie by not uh, going out and living a, a, a homosexual gay lifestyle. And I remember kind of telling him, I, like, wait a second, who's, who's being authentic? Like, I am being authentic. I know I am a child of God. And that's the identity that I'm being authentic to. These other things, these feelings that I have, to me, are an appendage of my divine origins. And that's what was important to me. And so um, that's where North Star gives those who experience same gender attraction, experience gender dysphoria, have family members or friends who experience that, uh, had leaders who want to understand some of their members better. North Star gives that forum where everybody can kind of come together and share their stories and share their experiences. Yet we all have a desire to stay true to our covenants. And that's the big thing with North Star is, is it allows that, that place. And that's where I feel um, I have a place within North Star. That is great, Brent. Um, thanks for sharing a little bit about your story, a little bit about North Star. Thanks for your courage to talk to your wife and walk this road together. Um, I love some of the things you shared, and I want to turn it over to Sarah, but I, I do think sometimes this living your truth gets sort of weaponized, like this is the way you're supposed to live your truth. I'm going to write that road for you. And I think the best thing we can do is, is I invite everybody to follow church teachings, but I don't try to, I don't look at your marriage and say, it's not authentic. It's not real. You're not living your truth. That just adds to your burden. Right. Um, and so, and, and I, I will say just to kind of tag along that I, I feel the same way. I, I would never say to anybody that experiences same sex attraction or anything like that, that the answer is to get married and have a family because that's not, it, it's my pathway. That doesn't mean it's right for everybody. Um, everybody has their own, uh, you know, journey to take. And if it does happen that way, well, there is a support system. If it doesn't happen that way, North Star can still be that support system. And, and that's the part where it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. You could be um, 
you know, just coming back to the church, heading away from the church, North Star gives that space where we will love you and we want you to know that Christ loves you no matter what. Um, and I, it, what's important to me kind of about what I love about Sarah is she was involved in the beginning of the annual North Star conferences. And that's something where I'm grateful for it. You know, I've, I've now become involved with the, the conferences after uh, probably about three or four years of attending felt like my wife and I felt like we could give back and be a part of it. But Sarah was really instrumental in starting that. And Thank I want um, Sarah to talk now, but I just want to, before we move on, just read a, this mm-hmm. is more for allies. Just, this is from my book, Listen, Learn and Love, Embracing LGBTQ Saints. Before I stepped in this space, the only mixed orientation marriages I was aware of were those that failed. I had falsely concluded from my limited sample size and understanding that they all failed. It was only after interviewing several couples in mixed orientation marriages, and listeners, I would define that as where one or both aren't straight, that my conclusion changed. I actually felt a rebuke from the Spirit during one of these interviews for my false conclusions. To understand these marriages can be beautiful, authentic love stories in which honesty, communication, vulnerability, power of and commitment to eternal covenants, and common eternal goals create a strong and healthy foundation. I also assume my awareness of mixed orientation marriage is limited, as there are likely many couples who are not sharing this part of their life with others, and there should be no requirement to do so. I sometimes hear of a spouse in a mixed orientation marriage referred as the hero for making the marriage work, in some cases the straight spouse, in other cases the non-straight spouse. I'm not sure we should judge who is more or less of a hero. Um, I'm not sure any of us understand the complexities of a marriage, another marriage to elevate one spouse over another. So I don't, um, Sarah, I'd love to have you now, as Brent kind of introduced you and your role in North Star, um, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, I have a, my backstory so long. Nobody probably <laughs> wants to hear 60 years of backstory. But um, but anyway, I like you, Brent. You know, I knew, um, I knew, I think everybody innately knows who they're attracted to or what they're, you know. And, um, but you know, I was raised in such a devout home. Um, and I, um, I think I felt that pull from the gospel and the prophets from a from the time I was born. And like you had that testimony of the Book of Mormon that carried you, you know. I think for me it was the prophets, you know. I had met several of them growing up and I felt um that safe with them as I've as I've shook their hands and had them look in my eyes, I know, I know that, that they're safe. And um, I did want to touch just a little bit on the thought that I have that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that North Star is, I always felt like a marginalized person inside of a marginalized group. Do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> so here I am, LDS, you know, and I felt like um, my road took me a little, 
a little different place than yours, Brent, in the beginning. There weren't internets. There was no way to connect uh, that way. And uh, my dad always liked to say, you wanted to go from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Dallas. So you thought you would go via Anchorage, Alaska. And that is the trip I took. You know, that is, I ended up in San Francisco and long story, but um, eventually I uh, woke up and I thought, I'm not good with God. And it was the first time I was just like, I'm not good with God. And I was having this dialogue in my head, like, oh no, what do I do? I'm not good with God. And so I set out on that religious journey or that spiritual journey. and. That's when I really came to know that, that those who I'd clung to for a support group couldn't really accept that. You know, I think it's like you said, you know, and maybe it was just lack of finding spiritual people amongst my, you know, gay support group. But I felt that I didn't have a place. This is in this, you know, 70s. So, so. You know, you did it alone. You did it alone. And I've always identified with wandering for 40 years in the desert. That makes sense to me. It makes sense that I would be called to do great, you know, uh, not sacrificial in the way that that prophets have sacrificed or that, you know, but 40 years in the desert. You know, I felt like that. I felt like I didn't have a place. So. Um, I clung to my savior and I clung to my scriptures. I had experiences that were just breathtaking where people I didn't know would just come and strike up a conversation with me that was very um, helpful for me in my journey back um, to the gospel. And by throwing myself into the scriptures and probably 50 religions, you know, I read it all and went everywhere, but at last it led me back. I think it was probably a 17 or 20 year journey. I mean, something like that. So when I say I'm dedicated, it's not just a little bit. And so I knew that I, my son came out and I knew, I thought, oh, I have your answers. I didn't have his answers. None of us have another person's answers. And I always say, I can't tell people what to do. And I get a lot of those calls. But what we do know is that if you feel safe, that's the right place for you. And I know that just like I took my journey I would have been miserable in a situation if it like North Star, if it had been too soon. We have to get there. And we don't want anybody to risk um, suicidal thoughts or um, and so we have to be careful in the way that we I think having a mission statement that is so so obvious, we're covenant keepers, we belong to the church. Really, that is our core audience. That's who we support and their family and their friends. And like you said, Britt, anyone's welcome to come. But if it's not a safe place for you, there are places. This is in 1979. There's other places. And so um, 
Yeah. And so I got involved with North Star uh, 2014 and I had written a long letter to one of the founders and just said my sort of my backstory. And I said, you know, now I don't know uh, what's North Star. I mean, I just knew I'd read one of his books and he told me the mission statement. And he said, would you like to come on board? I was an events director for a Fortune 500 company. And so he said, would you like to come on board? Because I have totally a job for you. (laughs) And I said, you you tell me you stand on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the prophets without your own interpretation, just the way they said it. And I am all in. And he said, I promise you that. And so I was all in. And that first conference, I think, was a great Um, space for me. It was 70 hour, 80 hour weeks. I had a co-chair. And I mean, the way I approach event directing is from that professional place. And so it's going to be like, oh, what's our budget? Is that like 400,000 or, you know, no, it's it's two cents, you know, (laughs) I've had bishops say, Sarah, your budgets that you're setting are just unrealistic. And I'm like, 50 cents a girl for, you know, I can't do that, you know, because it's just coming from a different place. But anyway, so, yeah, I took to it and it was a intense, it was a lot of time, but we were unified. This team was built and it was unified and we, everything, Heavenly Father's hand just touched it. It was like watching one miracle after the next, something that had never been done. And one of the founders said, I would go back and say, wait, how do you see this? How do you see? And he said, just build it and they'll come. Mm -hmm. And they came and they came and they came and they came and we were just blown away. And then the conference itself, like you experienced, it was a spiritual place. I'm not saying it's the temple. I'm not saying it's a church building. But wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also, you feel it. Right. You can't deny it. You can't walk in tonight. So anyway, so that's kind of how I got involved. Thank you, Sarah. And I sense there's a long story and part of your story. And thanks for sharing a little bit with our listeners about it. And and I think you're are are you both on the board of directors? I am. I, I am not. No, I, I, my wife and I, Courtney and I, uh, this year are the co-chairs of the conference. And so, uh, when we got involved, Courtney and I, they asked, we said, Hey, we, we think we might want to get involved. And they said, Oh, great. You can be in charge of the program, putting all the breakouts <laughs> together and getting all that stuff. It's like, That's Oh huge. gosh. Um, but it, but it was a, a, a great experience. And then, uh, Spencer Thompson had been the, the chair previous and he was asked to serve as the president of North Star. And so therefore that opened up this position as the conference chair. And, and my wife and I have taken it on last year um, and this year. And so, but it, but it has been such a blessing as far as that goes, because we really get to see from a firsthand experience of how God has his hand in this conference. I, I love kind of how you said that, Sarah, like, I, like the, he, you, when we're gathered together, he is there. And that's what we, we notice. I mean, it's just been that way in the years that I've been involved, how things just work out. I, I, I will tell you. So 
I just have to share a short experience about the conference. This is two years ago. Um, something that most people are familiar with, there was starting to be something this, called this, this COVID thing, this virus that was out there. And we really didn't think anything of it. We were just, okay, we're getting together. And our conference that year, I believe was March. Uh, if I get the dates wrong, I, so be it. But it was that first or second weekend in March. And we did the conference. I think that Richard, that was the year that actually you did the panel. Yeah. You were a facilitator and I was uh, uh -oh. on the panel. And so we did the conference and we did it that weekend. We got done. We came home on Sunday and Sunday night, we got word that everything was shutting down because of COVID. Everything. Had the conference been one week later, which is technically what we had asked the, the hotel for. We had asked for that next weekend, but it was already booked sorry, and we had to move it up. And so, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're fine. Uh, and so we had to move it up. And there, that was one of those things where we look at it and we go, that was the Lord's hand. That was the last conference of prior to COVID that the hotel took and that really anybody took because everything shut down after that. And it was just a, such a blessing. And then, you know, fast forward, we're talking about 2021. Are we going to do the conference? How are we going to do this? It's March. Maybe we can't do it. Maybe we push back to, to June. And so we decided, let's push back to June. And actually, it went so well last year. And it was the first conference that the Sheraton Hotel had had since our conference almost 15 or 16 months previous. And so those little things, and there's lots more little things, but we can just see God's hand in the work that we do. And, and it's amazing. Things, things work out. And that's what happens with the gospel. Some people may call it coincidences and I, I don't want to discredit, you know, or put people down for, for how they believe. But in, in my book and a lot of people that I, that I, in my circles that I run with, um, we would call that just God's tender mercies, his divine signatures that he puts on the blessings that he has for us. I just, I love it. And, you know, each year we see that I, I if I can, I want to share a quote from one of the parents of a transgender um, who attended. And I, I just loved it because of the impact that it had. And now, I, who knows? I know many parents or uh, individuals who have decided to walk away from uh, their, uh, their beliefs within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that's everybody, like you talked about, Richard, that's their own choice. But in this case, it provided support for this family. And so this is what they said about the conference. Our child had just come out as transgender, and we were looking for faith-affirming support. We found that at the North Star Conference. We met wonderful people from all walks of life who listened and loved. Today, they are among our dearest friends. And I think that's the biggest part of it is, you know, they listened and they loved. And that's what we do. One of my favorite parts about being at the conference is really getting to hear people's stories. Um, you know, not necessarily going to the breakouts, you feel the spirit and everything, but sometimes some of those one-on-one -on -one situations where we just get to sit and, and listen and learn and love, sorry for taking that Richard. Um, but it really is. Those are the, the most impactful parts of, of coming together as a community. Love that. Can I, can I just add to that? Please go for it, Sarah. And tell everybody. Well, 
Tell everybody how you spell your first name because you spell it really cool. Oh, it's S A R R A H. That's just cool. I, you know what I say online? It's pronounced Sarah. I like that. <laughs> and so, um, yes, uh, you know, it is the people connection, right? And what I found for myself, I think a lot of parents find, which is, you know, they're, they're gone, they're going to get involved and they're going to save somebody. Mm-hmm. But we do not have power sufficient to save. What we can do is offer support in, in that harmony of loving the gospel. And sometimes I have seen parents come with their children and the children go off on their journey, but the parents remain church leaders and our community here and I's community as well. And these people, these individual stories, I give out my phone number freely, whoever, here's my phone number. And um, that has led to relationships that have lasted years and years. I've watched these young people that did want to keep their covenants like, you know, and they, will call me. Somebody called me just the other day and she's like, well, please, I'm struggling. And I said, I'm right here. Anything you need. And that assurance that we're doing the best we can, these little messages when somebody's in a dark place, that to me, I go to conference and I love it, party, enjoy it. But it's the names and numbers of the new friends and old friends that I reconnect with, that um, I cherish. Mm-hmm. I cherish those relationships. And the big picture is beautiful, but to cherish an individual human being, which is, I always say, I specialize in connecting to one human, not multiple humans all at once, right? Mm-hmm. I had a talk with you about this, Brent. You know, I'm just, <laughs> but. It's how, it's how the Savior ministered, one, one-on-one. One-on-one. And so I think, yeah, I think I I just wanted to say yes, yes, and yes. It's the stories. It's that the one-on-one human connection. And as the years wane on, these people, you know, everybody can do fine. You know, you might do fine for a while, and then you might need to, you know, uh, reassess. And the scriptures say what? Cross yourself or check yourself. And as I've been working on one of the documents, I found myself in prayer and saying, Heavenly Father, you know, am I on the right page? You know, am I with the prophets? You know, and um, anyway, so I just, I just want to thank North Star just from that position, not as a, you know, not somebody here saying, oh, go to North. Yes. Come if you feel like Britain, I come, but it, it's that feeling of just uh, excitement you know, mm-hmm. around, around the gospel full of people just like Brent and I. Well, yeah. I just want to, I want to tag along with Sarah to what you said, because there's a, a dear lesbian sister who, who came to the conference. And so I, I, because I'm in the leadership, I get some of the comments from these individuals and she, her comment was, I always felt alone. Mm-hmm. Everyone in my ward seemed to have this perfect and ideal life that I would never have. I was ashamed and felt broken. Attending conference allowed me to make friends and connect with people that I know will always stand by my side. Others that understand my journey, and most of all, I was able to feel loved by the Savior. And that's what that community does. It's just, it's so powerful. Like it, 
just being able to connect like that. that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit, and maybe you've got prepared content you want to share, but um, sometimes I get parents reaching out to me, and you get more of these than I do, and they, they've got kids, um, te- teenage kids, or early 20 kids, LGBTQ, and they're trying to figure out if North Star is a good spot for them. Um, their ch- kid may not know their path forward at this point. They may just, you know, be coming to those fork in the road later, just deciding their best path forward. And their and their child may be having choppy experiences at seminary or even in Sunday school. So they're just kind of wondering: Is this going to be a choppy experience, or is this going to be a healthy experience for my child? And are there breakout groups that are specific to the youth and the young adults? T- talk a little bit about parents or th- if there's young adults and teens listening to the podcast, talk a little bit about how North Star can work for them. 100% that they are welcome. And, um, you know, there's a lot of voices out there. And a lot of them are loud. And a lot of them are, you know, so these, I mean, I know that as a child, you you feel this uh, pull. So, I, my thought is just let North Star be one of the voices because it comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Love that. Well, and I, and I to, to your question, Richard, is, you know, is there a place for, for youth at the North Star Conference? Uh, we absolutely have a place. We, we actually have a youth track that is specifically designed for any youth 12 to, to 18, where some of the, uh, if you will, adult breakout sessions. They all attend, we all attend the keynote sessions together. Um, and if parents go with their youth, then they, they're attending them together. Um, but sometimes some youth can be bored at some of the adult topics that we, we might uh, talk about. I, I just think of sacrament meetings. Some of my kids tune out. Um, I have little ones, you know, seven and, and nine years old. And so, but, but for these youth, they go to their own breakout sessions that are designed specifically for them. And we've been doing that for, for many years now. And so they, they've really got it down to being able to connect with them. And they also will bring parents into the, uh, one of those youth sessions to help them connect a little bit more, but, but the youth are able to uh, kind of be able to talk about uh, the things that they're going through. They're able to connect with other youth um, one of the, one of the reasons why this year we kept it in June instead of switching it back to March, like we've had it in previous years was because of the fact that, um, our average youth track attendance, um, was kind of small. It was about to anywhere from about 10 to 15 when we would do it in March. And when we held it in June last year, our youth, uh, attendance, uh, tripled in size. And we anticipate that this year it's going to be even larger um, because of the fact that now it's summertime and some kids and families can attend because the draw is not only um, Utah, the draw is from all over um, the United States. And that's where families are, are coming to find that, that resource to help them. And again, it's everybody still has to figure out their own journey. I, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I, 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 I've shared some positive comments. I've also gotten negative comments that say, oh, well, North Star only promotes this. Well, North Star promotes covenant keeping lives, lives, but that doesn't mean we understand that everybody has their free agency. They're going to write their own journey. They're going to go down paths that, that they choose. 
And so, but we're here to help be a voice. I, and I want to share something that's kind of anecdotal to me, but it was very powerful. Um, I shared kind of in the intro that um, the only people that I knew that ever were open about their sexuality um, or anything like that, they had left the church. That was the only story that I knew. And so when uh, it got to a point, my brother was called as our state president in my area here in Southern California. And one of the things that I felt really impressed with before he was called as state president, that I, I kind of felt like he was going to do that uh, or going to be called as that. Again, I take no privilege over revelation, but I just had that impression. And I went to my wife and I said, you know what? I think if he's called a state president, we need to be a little bit more, we're going to be asked to be a little bit more open about our story so that we can support others. And so this gentleman, uh, this brother, great brother, who he called as his first counselor, um, he told the state presidency, my brother did about our story and the fact that we were willing to be more open about it. And this dear brother came to us and said, you know what, this is exactly what is needed. There needs to be some support. He was a previous bishop and had a youth come to him and tell him that he was leaving the church and because he just he couldn't find a space for him here within the, the gospel. And he goes, but, you know, there is. And he was trying to help him see that. And, and the, the young man said to him, who do you know that has these feelings that stays in the church? And he, he said, I couldn't answer him. I couldn't say, oh, I know this person. I wish I would have known about your story, Brent, yours and Courtney's story, 10 years ago when I was serving as a bishop and this young man came to me. Because then I could have said, oh, I have just the person. I have somebody to talk to you about this. And that's the part where, again, everybody still has to write their own path. But the fact that there is a place for anybody who may experience same-sex attraction, identify as lesbian, gay, transgender, um, any of those things, that there is a place. And that's the part where we feel so passionate about North Star that, that we just want to make sure that people know that there is a place for them if that's what they choose. I love that, Brent. That's I love how that. I got in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. That's how I got involved in Voices of Hope. Because, you know, I've survived my whole life without any support. I, I worked it out with fear and trembling before the Lord. So the Lord's my support. But what I heard from Heavenly Father is there are people out there that want to keep their covenant, Sarah, and they don't know anybody exists that's been around as long as you on the earth that are keeping their covenants. And so service is another thing, right? Your involvement with Northstar. And when you found that home and you were like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the marginal within the marginal. And I am, I found a place. I found a home. When you do that, you want to serve. And I always encourage everybody, look, if Heavenly Father wants us to serve one another, and that gives us opportunity for additional vision, additional, you know, involvement makes us uh, constantly um, relevant to the cause of today, right? And the prophets continue to reveal things. So with that service, I think comes an even stronger testimony 
mm-hmm. of the gospel and to new ways to serve. And, you know, my heart obviously goes out to every single person, not just, you know, not just the same sex attracted group, but the kids, the parents. Mm-hmm. I fall one time they said, well, you have to mark this box where you fall. And I'm like, check, 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 check all the way down. Because I'm like, oh, I know I fall in all these categories. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I see myself in all these categories. And they were like, Sarah, just pick one. <laughs> I said, that's virtually impossible, you know? So, but anyway, but so I think that's the spirit we get behind us is this, oh, we can, we can be here for everyone. I can sit down and talk to somebody at 17 or 99 who's transgender or feels uh, attracted to men and they are a man. I can, you know what I mean? And I think Heavenly Father inspires that. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Sarah, you said some, I wrote down some things both of you have said, but you said something early on an early segment I thought was really good. None of us have um, anyone else's answers. I think that's a, I think we invite and we teach the gospel, but we don't have, everybody else's answers, personal revelation. I think parents can have answers for their children, especially their minor children. I think it's maybe still even as adult children to some extent, but I think personal revelation is as you taught, it's individual for each of us. And I, I like also what you just said in this most recent segment, I wrote this down, served all, survived all my life without support. And I think you and Brent um, that have been in this space, obviously, you are in this space for a long time, give perspective and vision to younger people. I'm especially thinking about younger people during this podcast, more out, more aware of who they are, more are feel impressed to come out earlier ages. And so the role of North Star to me and the need for North Star is only increased mm-hmm. as leaders and parents and LGBTQ youth need the resources of North Star. So I love what you said, um, Brent, about the youth track. And I would say youth and help me if I, you know, you may, one of the things I try to say is if you're in your teenage years, you may be wanting to figure out your fork in the road right now. You may say, well, I need to leave the church because I'm going to end up in same sex marriage. And my invitation is push those forks in the road out into your twenties and develop a great spiritual foundation um, so that you can be the very best personal, best you can be with the very best spiritual, emotional, foundation so that if you come to that fork in the road and decide, am I going to be sort of called to be celibate? Am I going to feel a mixed orientation marriage? Am I going to transition if you're trans or am I going to be in a same-sex marriage? You're making that decision at a position of strength versus a position where you're vulnerable or listening to outside voices. And so along with that, I'd say if even if you're young and you feel like, I don't know if I'm going to stay in the church, and I really feel probably I'll end up in a same-sex marriage, I would say still go to North Star, <laughs> um, because I think North Star will help you with spiritual tools, emotional tools, connection with other people walking your road. And I always invite people, you've got to write your own story at the end of the day, but it, it helps to listen to stories like Sarah and Brent. And have gospel-based principles in your life to write your own story and write your own story when you're at your personal best. And all of us on this podcast are obviously going to invite you to stay in the church and keep your covenants, but we're also going to let you self-determine at the right time in your life your best path forward. 
And we're going to, I think this is okay, but I think we're trying to honor everybody's past without sort of saying, well, your path, you know, everybody's going to have a little different story here. And I sense North Star is trying to just help people be the very best they can. And obviously there's people that do want to keep their covenants and, you know, sort of um, walk this road as a LGBTQ or an SSA Latter-day Saint need the community that North Star offers. So I just, you know, when people are critical of North Star, um, I don't think that's fair because there's a group of people that generally want to do what North Star is doing. And we should hope that North Star succeeds and that people that want to do what North Star wants to provide can find North Star. Um, so those are just some of my thoughts as I'm listening to both of you, but I'll turn it back to both of you. Well, you know, Richard, I really appreciate that because I think uh, I think one of the positions we have is, you know, Heavenly Father knows your path, but Sarah doesn't. So North Star is there to maybe help. I love that you say, hey, you know, keep your feet on the ground. Keep, you know, keep developing as a human being spiritually um, and don't make any proclamations. This is the way I'm going to live my life when I'm 13. Life has That's lots even, and lots of I really like the way you said it, Sarah. <laughs> so at winter frontal lobes developed i think it's 20 what five so you know i just think that if you want another perspective a however you've been raised if that you know if you found support there or you ever felt the spirit the sacrament meeting the girls camp if you've ever felt the spirit we know that we have that there mm -hmm. and yet a space to take your journey, a space to take your journey. If that's what you're led to do. And many of our youth don't need to take a journey. They, they just are happy with that feeling of the spirit. You know, they're still young. So, but you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you, Richard, that you, you know, you put it so well, you know, that, just keep keep all your options open, you know, keep uh, open to the spirit, you know, and Heavenly Father knows your journey. Nobody else does. And I look at mine. There was a time where I thought, oh, my gosh, what? Am, well, like I said, oh, my gosh, I'm not good with God. What happened? Where did those years go? You know, but Heavenly Father um, will talk to his children and he he'll inspire us, you know. And so as long as you feel like you're being inspired, follow that, you know, that'll, that'll be safe. You know, I, I, I love that. I appreciate, cause I know for me, there were multiple times in my teenage years that I had felt like, Oh, the church is not for me. Um, I had a very supportive family. I say supportive as supportive with the gospel. Um, and being active and doing those things. And I'm grateful for that because while in my head, I had made that determination when I was, you know, 15. And then again, when I was 17, that, oh, this is the path I'm going to take. I can't tell anybody about it because this is, you know, uh, of my sexual feelings. And, and I don't want to share that part, but I'm just going to go down this other path. I was very grateful because it, it was about when I was 
18 that I got a strong testimony of my Savior. And I'll say my Savior first, because that was the testimony that really has got me to kind of think twice about my actions. It was that testimony of the Savior. I, I remember it as though it were yesterday. Uh, I was up at a farewell of a friend, one of my best friends growing up, and we were at, decided to take, we had non-member friends and member friends. We decided to go to Salt Lake at the time. Um, his family had moved up there, so that's where we, we uh, were. And so we we went to the Temple Square, and we were walking around, and I just remember being with, I don't know, half dozen, maybe eight of, of my friends, and just feeling this impression, just, you need to step away from your friends and just walk on your own. And I remember walking and at the base of the Salt Lake Temple, and I don't know how it is now after they do the, the refurbishment and, and all of that, but there was a granite stone that had uh, quotes and scriptures and different things. And one of the scriptures was there was John 14, 6. And Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And when Joseph Smith talks about how a passage of scripture hit him harder than, than anything, any other scripture that could have hit a man. That's how I felt that scripture hit me. I knew Christ was my savior. I knew it without a doubt. I just, I broke down sobbing in that moment. And I was not doing anything in my life where I was seeking this opportunity, this, this witness, but it was because I stayed close enough to the gospel that I was able to have that. And so it, it, I loved what you said, Richard, is keep your options. Don't make declarations uh, uh, definitive and say there's no, there's no way anything else because there is so much that you can learn um, throughout life. And, and I will tell you, that was just a, a, a wonderful experience that I have that I hold dear to my heart because I know that Christ is my Savior. I, I will tell you, this year's theme to the conference and we're really happy about it. Um, a sister came up to us at the end of last year uh, and came and said, what about this, this conference uh, uh, theme for next year? And as soon as she read it to me, I, I loved it. It is Galatians 3.28. And the theme is one in Christ. But the scripture reads, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor fe- female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's what North Star is, right? Yes, there's lots of labels out there, and I don't want to take away somebody's uh, feeling that this is how they they identify themselves. But ultimately, we are all one in Christ. Christ is our Savior. He brings us together. We don't need to say that we're all separate. And I experience this, and so therefore you can't know what I feel like or anything like that. Together. Christ brings us together and he knows what we feel like. He knows what we're experiencing. And that's the part where we can come together and, and express some of the Savior's love one towards another. And I am so excited for this year to be able to come together again and be one in Christ. Wow, I love that. Listeners, as, as, as I've you know done so many of these podcasts and listening to Sarah and Brent, one of my hypothesis, it's, I think it's beyond a hypothesis now, is my LGBTQSSA friends often, you know, have to develop this relationship with the Savior in a way that perhaps others don't. I don't want to 
quite say it like that because all of us need a relationship with the Savior and all of us walk complicated roads. But there's something I think, I mean, Sarah, you talk about all these years being on your own. And part of that you talked about, and Brent, you just did it right here. It was this, the role of the Savior in your life. And sometimes your institutional church just doesn't have all the answers. And so you've, there's not like ongoing lessons in church for you. There's, there's principles then that you can take into your lives, like the Savior and a personal relationship with the Savior. But both of you have done a really good job of that. It's pretty, I can tell it's part of your story, and I can tell that's brought into North Star. Spencer Thompson has given one of the finest talks I've ever heard on the Savior, taking on upon our burdens. Um, he helped me understand the Savior in a way during that talk that, you know, it was very helpful for me. And the principles he taught um, apply to all of us. And one of the things I've also had a hypothesis is I've felt just an incredible outpouring of the Spirit at North Star um, in those general sessions. And I've wondered if, um, of course, Satan wants to isolate us and, and create shame. And I've wondered if sort of Satan just loses all power at North Star. And there's this incredible outpouring of the Spirit because my LGBTQ friends are able to be who they are. And this shame that I don't think, you know, is, is inherent, but comes through culture and comes through the things we sometimes say. And I think North Star sort of cracks the whatever the right metaphor is and i've just felt an outgoing of the spirit and um and i and i just have loved that and i think that's really helpful for other people um you know i just think the savior i love that he descended below all things and so he knows even though there's not a scriptural account of every road each of us have walked in his mortal ministry we do understand through the atonement that he's descended below all things so he can understand each of us and what we're going through, even if no one else can. And you two teach that, and North Star teaches that. And I think that's one of the beauties and gifts of the North Star experience for all of us um, and why I encourage people to attend. Even people like we're talking about that are younger and don't exactly know their path, um, I think it would be something that would really help you. Um, in your journey, I want to read because um, when I connected this space, and I've talked about this before, I had sort of an. This is five or six years ago. I had a. I'm a brand marketing guy, so I had an impression about North Star, without ever talking about anybody at North Star. And I've tried to not develop impressions or conclusions about groups until I really learn about them. But I'll just read the disclaimer from your website, so people understand um, this: North Star International does not promote, encourage or provide therapy of any kind, including what some refer to as conversion therapy. What we do promote is a safe place for Latter-day Saints to experience same-sex attraction, gender identity complexities, or, identi or identify as LGBTQ and their families and friends. We promote autonomy and self-determination for all North Star members. We provide a support, encouragement, and community for individuals who strive to keep their covenants with the Lord and follow his gospel path. Most importantly, we encourage all our members to point themselves towards our Savior, Jesus Christ, for personal guidance, hope, and healing. So I love, I don't know if either of you are involved in writing that. Brent, I think maybe you, are. I love that. And um, perhaps in the past, there's been some misconceptions about North Star. There was a, a Facebook post of somebody that was probably in his 40s or 50s that's returned to the church and 
and I think is gay. And someone said, well, you ought to check out North Star. And he said, well, I had some difficult experience with North Star and or he'd heard some difficult things. And so if that applies to you and you're saying, well, I'm not sure about North Star because of what I've heard, I'd invite you to reconsider North Star. Um, and my personal experience has been terrific. Um, what Sarah and Brent and others have shared, I think, um, helps us understand this is a wonderful, needed part of our community and would help you as you're walking this road. But I'll can I, can I interject to, something really yeah, quick, so Richard, right there? Ch- like a, go for it. Uh, as you're talking about who this, this path is for, one of the other things that we really try and, and support is also leadership within the church. Good. Talk about they, that. They uh, are obviously some of the first people that, that some of the community may open up to um, regarding their, their gender dysphoria, same-sex attraction, whatever it happens to be. And so we want to support leaders as well. As much as we say allies, we include leadership, church leadership in that. And so um, we actually have some, some breakouts at the conference that are designed specifically for church leaders. Um, now, obviously, not everybody lives in Utah and can go to the conference. And so we have some uh, a virtual option or a streaming option to where it doesn't matter what your location is. You That's may li- so be living. cool. Last year, we started this with COVID. Um, where we had people actually attending uh, some of the breakout sessions and the the keynotes from Europe, from South America, from Asia. Um, And it was so amazing to be able to offer this opportunity for people to just get to know. And so if you live in Southern California and can't make it up there, um, or you live in Florida or British Columbia or wherever you happen to be across the globe, we offer this where you can uh, still get the benefit of being able to to see what North Star is and feel it. Now I'll tell you, there's nothing nothing like being present, right? That that physical presence is always very very powerful. Um, but if you can't get there, it's the next best thing, and you are able to um, listen to and participate in those breakout sessions and keynotes. And uh, for church leaders, I will tell you that even the handbook that the church has put out has even recognized under the transgender section and the same-sex attraction section that it, for lack of a better way to explain it, it is kind of like leadership roulette. Sometimes the leaders that you get may not have the best understanding and you may, your experience may not be the best. Um, however, if you are a leader and you want to be able to better minister and better support those members of your uh, stewardship and that leadership could be bishop. It could be young men's, young women's presidency, Sunday school. It could be a teacher. Maybe you're a seminary teacher or a Sunday school teacher, and so you have stewardship over some some youth or uh, over some of other members in the church. That's considered a leadership uh, role, um, and so we offer that that opportunity for you to be able to just get to know a little bit more and and learn a little bit more. So when somebody may come to you. Or you hear of something, you may be able to go up to them and just give them a hug and say, I love you. I'd love to hear more about it. And I, I just support you. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that can change somebody's perception, um, a, a saint's perception of how they are treated is and accepted is if somebody comes up and just puts their arms around them and gives them a hug and says, I love you. Because 
I know for me, at least, I truly felt like I was just going to be rejected when I opened up about these things. And, and I know some that have had that experience. And so to, to be able to have that positive experience, that goes a long way. And so we invite even church leaders, take a look at it and see if it's something that, that can benefit you and your ministry. Oh, I love that. And I had no training, you know, when I was a local church leader and a couple of gay men came out to me and I recognize now, just like you're talking, Brent, the courage it took for you to come out. And that could have been a sort of make or break moment. And um, I would encourage even if it, it not to wait until you've got an LGBTQ person in your family or in your congregation or in your class to get the education you, the North Star can provide so you're ready for those conversations and you don't Absolutely. have to wonder about do-overs. And, and, um, and at every level, I think parents that are, and then I'm going to have Sarah speak, I think parents, well, this doesn't apply to me or we don't have anybody in our ward. And I think we're learning, one of the things I put on Instagram this week was one of the things we can learn to do as a church is talk directly to our LGBTQ members as one of us needed members of the body of Christ, instead of talking about them as an outside group of people gathering of Israel includes, I wrote the word queer Latter-day Saints. And so I think one of the things that shifted for me is I, if I did word association and 10, five years ago, and people said gay people, I think of this other group of people that's a, somehow just another group of people walking a different road that maybe even posed some veiled threat to me and my faith. But now there may be some of that. There may be some wanting my faith to fail or be critical. They're certainly true, but that's there's straight people doing that too. But now I sort of think of when I think of LGBTQ people, I think of people in in my own faith that are in my congregation that are hearing every word. Um I'm saying, or somebody else is saying, and that's one of the things that groups like North Star help me understand is sort of a different way of thinking. That didn't change our doctrine. It doesn't mean it just is a ministering insight that I learned from people at North Star and my LGBTQ friends to just help me have more thoughtfulness. I'm not at the finish line listeners as an ally by any means. So that's why I continue to go to North Star and continue to listen LGBTQ voices, but that's just a shift that occurred for me. Sarah, you're up next. Oh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to share two quick stories about two bishops. Good. And um, I had um, I had made a comment one time, um, and there were several bishops there, and I said some of the strongest members I know with the most steadfast testimonies, despite The trials, and I like you, Richard, nobody has it worse or better than the next. But massive uh, conflict, right, within themselves. Greatest battles ever fought are within the confines of one's own mind. And so when I had made this comment in Norstar, I've met some incredibly strong members of the church. And one bishop said, I wouldn't know anything about that. I don't have any gay people yeah. in my board. And then um, I, afterwards, I took him aside and I said, statistically speaking, you do. You may want to check that maybe you're not a safe place 
Maybe nobody feels safe. I mean, maybe some of those people don't feel safe with you. And so let me add to that. Let me come, let me, you know, just share my testimony with you about uh, simple things. We're all children of God and we all have a, just because, you know, we have a different experience than somebody else doesn't mean we're, you know, thrown out on our ear, you know, for lack of a better term. But in that same meeting, there was another bishop and I heard from him a week later and he said, strongest testimonies. I know you, I know your friend. strongest testimonies, you know, are in North star, you know? And I said, yeah, some of the strongest testimonies I've been exposed to are amidst the trial. And he said, can you come and do a fifth Sunday? There is somebody who cares for his flock. Can you come and teach us after that fifth Sunday, there were lines, lines outside the sacrament room of people waiting to talk to us, to talk to their bishop. So come. Love that, Sarah. Any more thoughts either of you'd like to share? I will tell you, I just, I'm grateful that you give a platform for this, Richard. Um, you know, again, I, 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 I go back to my own experience. Uh, I felt alone in my struggles for um, 15 plus years wow. because I didn't share it and I was ashamed of it and didn't think that I, I could talk about it openly without having to go down a different path. And the fact that you provide a space for people in whatever aspect of their journey um, they may be, that you have you give that opportunity for them to, to talk. And for others who are just listening, they might have the opportunity to talk, but they have the opportunity to listen to them. And through that, it promotes that love of Christ. Right. I, I mean, so many people judged the the woman caught in adultery and you know wanted to condemn her. Um, and yet it was Christ who who really showed that love of, hey, you can move forward. And we all have that opportunity. I I hope that somebody listening to this podcast um thinks about the blessing that can come from attending a North Star conference. Um and just being a part of that spirit, because I will tell you, I have been blessed. My wife has been blessed. My family has been blessed. Um, people in my stake, we live here in, like I said, Southern California, and we have had multiple people from our stake go to the conference and make that journey and just come back and go, wow. Uh, I heard it best from an ally um, just about a week ago. I was talking to him and he said, uh, he told me, he goes, you know, Brent, I went to the conference the first time as, as an ally and I go back as a saint because I feel the spirit so strong there. It, it, even if you don't want to learn anything about LGBTQ stuff, it is a place to feel the spirit. Now, on top of that, you get to learn about the LGBTQ and all those good, different kind of things. And, and so that's the bonus, but spirit is really what's important. And so, um, I, I just, offer that invitation, that last invitation for me. And a thank you, big thank you to 
to you, Richard, for this opportunity. Thank you, Brent. And your good wife, Courtney. Go ahead, Sarah. My last thought is um, I'm, I love the one. So if one of your listeners feels the spirit here and wants that, but perhaps they're not in a financial situation where they can, especially, you know, in youth and, but there's, I have no doubt there's at least one person out there who loves the Lord and who wants to hold on, but that does feel alone and does, it feels like they're without a community. I would ask you, whoever you are, that you would reach out to North Star Conference uh, just at our regular website and talk to one of us about maybe some sort of sponsorship. A lot of us will pay extra when we, um, when we um, sign up for conference so that we can sponsor a handful of people. So that one, I, I, I feel you and I want you to come. I love that invitation, Sarah, to the one. Um, it's just been a great podcast. I felt a really good spirit here. You two are terrific and complement each other very well and um, represent North Star and individualize very well. Um, I wrote down some final notes, listeners. Um, I think there's some thesis that somebody can do and vulner- being vulnerable and authentic in, in which happens at North Star results in a great release of, of the spirit if it's done in an appropriate way. And there's something that I, like you described your ally Brent, that is drawn to North Star. I felt just incredible spirit there. Um, that I think it's somewhat born out of authentic, being authentic and vulnerable and real and honest. And it just, the spirit just seems to flood those sort of situations. I felt it on the podcast. I felt it with individual people. And and sometimes that's harder to do in our congregations um, to be vulnerable and authentic. Sometimes our culture is a little more, um, it's harder to do that. We're trying to present sort of the, per, it's just, I don't want to be critical of our culture, but I think one of the advantages going to North Star is to learn how to do that and bring it back into our wards and our congregations and our families. Because I've learned skills because of my North Star friends that have helped me to learn to develop some of these vulnerability and authentic. But also, as um, as Sarah was talking, you know, we're talking about keeping covenants, and I invite everybody to keep covenants. But I thought of people that aren't keeping their covenants right now, but maybe think they could in the future, or they want to potentially consider a change in direction. And I think our three invitation from all of us will come to North Star no matter where you are on keeping your covenants. And that would be the same of coming to our ward buildings. There's no belief or behavior hurdle to be welcome at North Star or in um, our congregations. We're all on our individual journey. So don't feel like well, that's probably not for me because I'm keeping three of my five temple covenants and I will feel bad going there. And I think that's Satan trying to separate you from the spirit that you feel at North Star and um, isolate you where you are versus um, sort of give you the possibility that maybe all these experiences are for your good and you're going to be okay. And um, part of life is just learning from your experiences to decide your best path forward. And 
Just a final reminder, this is June 9th through 11th, 2022. It's in person, as Brent said, and virtual, as Brent said. And I love the virtual that we learned that through COVID. And I love where you talked about all those leaders from all over the planet. Um, it's the Sheraton for those who are in person in Salt Lake City and once or in the, they can drive to the Sheraton in Salt Lake City. And please go to northstarlds.org. That's the website. You can see everything. Um, you can get a feel for North Star. And I just encourage people to attend and to support North Star. And like Sarah said, um, if you can donate so that those that can't afford can come, there's some of you that are able to do that. So, Brent. Eb Meyer, I think I said your name right, mm-hmm. and your good wife, Courtney, who's not with you, but with you in spirit, because I know you've got kids at home right mm-hmm. now and beautiful family. And um, it's, I love that you're walking this road together. And I love that you both are vulnerable and honest with each other. It's a beautiful marriage. And Sarah, with two R's, Hearst Groves, you've been on this road a long time. I think you've got a couple podcasts. Um, in your story that we didn't quite get to, but I just, as I look at Sarah's face, listeners, wish you could see her face, just full of hope and goodness and light. And um, you're a remarkable person, both of you are. And thank you for the good you're doing. And North Star is lucky to have your event skills, um, Sarah, and both of your skills. So this is Sarah Brent and Richard signing off for another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love.